0: What's up, guys? This is Rich Tavishan, host of The Rich Life, The Key to Living Your Best Life. What's up, guys? It is Rich Tavishan here, back at you again with another episode of The Rich Life, The Key to Living Your Best Life. I want to thank you for joining me today on this episode. Here is the thing about this episode— We're actually going to be talking about this incredibly powerful little book, and it might actually be, just thinking about it, it might actually be the smallest book that I own in my library, but it is so small yet so powerful when you read it, okay? So it is only, let me just kind of give you the the specs, it is literally 42 pages long I picked it up, I think it was either on Amazon, yeah, I think I picked it up on Amazon, and it is a book that's called The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. So, first of all, I just want to say this, um, again, this is going to be a supplement to what we talked about with purpose in a previous episode, we talked about with the core values in previous episodes how to apply the core values. And this is just kind of one of the pieces around, specifically around success. And when I was reading this book, it kind of reminded me of, and maybe this is based on it, but it was kind of reminding me of um, maybe a couple, maybe three or four years ago, I was watching um, a Netflix documentary called The Secret. And The Secret is really about like what they call the law of attraction. So for example, like what you think about comes true, right? So what you think about, what they say in, it's more of a spiritual take on it, but what they say is like, you know, whatever you put into your mind, you're going to start to see, you know, things come in, you know, things that you put into your mind come true or come, uh, or become around you or happen around you. And so this is a very similar, it seemed like a very similar concept when I was reading this book, The Strangest Secret. So I don't know if it's related or if it's, um, you know, is based on this or whatever, but. All I know is this: When I read this book, I just felt so empowered and so motivated and inspired to um, to pursue my goals, to create goals, to pursue my purpose in life, and to push myself every single day even further. Okay, okay. so let's talk a little bit about the book. Um, so first of all, it's a, it's a little bit of a story co- combined with a framework that he talks about, and. Um, so he talks about the definition of success, and he he uses the word, you know, he uses like me, uh, men as an example. So he says like, you know, compare being 25 years old, and this can apply to women as well, right? So he's saying at 25 years old, we have this like huge spark in our lives, and everyone at 25 is like, I'm going to succeed, I'm going to make a lot of money, I'm going to, and I think this, success in this in this context is really about financial success. Um, But it can be applied anywhere. But um, the point is this. He says at 25 years old, everyone is like bright eyed, bushy tailed and excited and like super pumped about their goals. And very, you know, like I'm going to conquer the world kind of kind of style. And uh, (laughs) thinking back at 25, I felt the same way. Right. And, And most people do. Because at 25, you're pretty much established in some career or you're, you're like you're, you know, mid mid stages in some or, you know, or maybe earlier on in, in your career right out of school, uh, maybe a couple couple years with experience working for a company, um, you know, just and this is just generally speaking. Right. So assuming you went to college and you come out of school and then, you, you know, you get a job and you have a couple years experience. So now you're like, oh, I'm going to conquer the world. I'm, you know, no one, you know, everyone's going to know me, blah, 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 right? So that's what he's suggesting here is like, that's how most people feel at 25 years old. Now, what his, what his take on it is this. He says, unfortunately, most people, you know, that are 25 feel that way, but they're, let's say there are a hundred people. What he's saying is that by the time those 25 year olds turn 65, only one will be rich, Financially rich, I'm assuming, four will be financially independent, okay? so so wealthy but like not super rich. He's saying 41 out of 100 will still be working, and 54 will be broke, depending on others' life for life necessities. Holy crap, think about that. Out of a hundred people, a little bit more than 50 percent of them will be broke. Oh my gosh. So only five people really, you know, accomplished their goals by 65 and really pushed the boundaries to accomplish those goals. Okay. So what he also says is this, and he, he kind of explains what success is because he wants to be very clear about that. He says the definition of success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Now that might sound like a might sound like a mouthful, but what he's saying is like success is like something you pursue that's worthy to you, right? So something that you um, realize or have come true based on a particular goal or something that you achieve. So that's really what he's saying is like, and, and that I agree with this, like success to me is you have something you want to achieve and you achieve it. And then you move on to the next thing. You have something you want to achieve, you achieve it. You move on to the next thing. It's kind of like a video game, right? You have level one, level two, level three, level four, all the way up. So um, I like totally agree with how he's trying to say this. Now, it, what's interesting is that he says the reason why all, you know, more than 50% of these people um, fail, and he's used the word fail, which I don't like. I think, you, I think you guys have heard me talk about failure before, because I don't believe in what, you know, what the mainstream calls a failure. But basically he says that 50 over 50% fail because of the fact that because of what he calls conformity. So he says, the opposite of courage in our society is not cowardice, it's conformity, which he quotes from a book called Man's Search for Himself, which is also in a fantastic book. Now, I agree with that. Um, and uh, so what he's saying is like conformity is the killer of success. And um, if you, in other words, if you just like go with the crowd, right? So I'll give you an analogy. If you just like go with the crowd and you're working, you know for the you know for a corporate company or you're just doing you know uh getting by just to like pay the bills and you're not really pushing outside of your comfort zone you know you're just working the 9 to f- and and I hesitate to say this cuz the 9 to 5 isn't bad like some people it works for if they want to just be comfortable and not everybody just you know not everybody wants to push outside of their boundaries outside of their comfort zone which is why he's saying that 54% Will do that. They'll just be they'll just conf, uh, you know be comfortable with conformity. They will be comfortable with mediocrity. Really, is what it is. And so, if you want to you know if you want to quote unquote succeed financially, you have to push yourself out of that conformity in order to in order to achieve your goals, right? So, um, I think if you're listening to this now, I think I would assume that you want to you want to push outside of that conformity, right? You want to succeed and push yourself and get to goals that you want to achieve for financial success, right? So um, pat yourself on the back, right, for listening to this, because you're, you're part of the, um, you know, small percentage of people that uh, want to pursue success and want to pursue wealth and maybe financial wealth and health and you know and fitness and nutrition and and overall improved lifestyle that's what the rich life is all about is pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone so that you can achieve the goals that you want to achieve within your life okay okay so what else does he say interesting he says right now in america there are over 40 million people 65 years old and older and most of them are broke wow let that sink in for a second Over 40 million people, and this was written a while ago, so the numbers are probably higher now. He says there are over 40 million people 65 years or or older that are most of them are broke. (laughs) So he's saying most of them are dependent on someone else's life necessities, right? We learn to read by age 7. We learn to make a living by the time we're 25. And often by that time, we're not making a living. We're supporting a family, okay? And yet by the time we're 65, we have not even learned how to become financially independent in the richest land that has ever been known, like in his previous points, he was saying like we have such um, like in the United States, primarily you know we're like the wel- one of the wealthier countries, high- well highest GDP, right? Uh, one of the higher GDPs. So if you're born, first of all, if you're born in the U.S., you already have an advantage, <laughs> okay? And then um, what happens is because of that like complacency and conformity, right? People are going to be stagnant and just stay where they are because they feel co- they feel comfortable like doing their nine to five. You know doing their commute waking up going going to work coming home watching netflix going to bed repeat and not doing anything outside of their um, comfort zone to really set themselves up for future success and future wealth okay so he says why do we conform the problem the trouble is most of us are acting like the wrong percentage group the 95 percent who do not succeed and he's saying that people conform because they really don't know that they're conforming, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. And they believe that, like, ex- so m- the people that are conforming, they're really thinking about, like, you know, they're, they're allowing their external circumstances to affect their life and to control their life. Meaning, Meanwhile, they're, like, outer-directed. So, in other words, they're letting other people decide for them. And so this is where the shift happens, I think. he's The way he explains it, he says the people that are, you know, the top percent that become successful, they know that they can get out of their current situation because they think that they can control it. Right. And so by doing what he's saying is suggesting is if you don't have goals and maybe this is too simplified, but like he's saying, if you don't have goals, then you have nothing to pursue and you're just kind of going with the flow. And uh, I remember when I first started my career (laughs) <laughs> thinking back now in finance of one of my coworkers, for some reason, I never forgot this and I'm sitting in my, sitting in my cubicle. He sat behind me, great guy, such a funny guy, you know, hilarious. And, um, uh, he said to me, I said to him one day, I said, yeah, man, I'm just going with the flow. And he looks at me and he says, going with the flow. What do you mean by that? I'm like, yeah, just like, you know, just going with the flow, letting it, letting it slide. I guess he, you know, he was from a different country overseas, so he didn't really understand that. And he says, why do you, why, why would you go with the flow? I said, cause it's the, you know, it's the easy way out. It's the easy route. And he says, you know, who else goes with the flow, right? I said, oh, I said, no, who else goes with the flow? He says, dead fish go with the flow. So why would you want to be a dead fish going with the flow instead go against the flow and against the current and go your own pace. And for some reason that has always stuck with me to this day. And uh, this was, I don't know how long was this? Like maybe 10, maybe nine, eight or nine years ago from today. And um, (laughs) I still see them saying that in my, like I could still picture this moment in my mind where he's like, dude, don't go with the flow. Dead fish go with the flow, (laughs) but he was so serious about it. And anyway, so, I digress. So he was basically saying like, you know, you have the, op- you have the option to, you know, when all the other fish are going with the flow, you have the option to get out of that stream and maybe go into the ocean or maybe go into the a river or go into another body of water and go your own path in your own direction. And so the book suggests that goals are the way to do that. And I completely agree. I think goals, um, supported by a purpose, figuring out what that is also works now you can't just magically, um, have goals and then they, be, and then like, you can't just write down your goal and then they, and then they happen. Right. So, um, what he says here, he says, and, and I think this is where the law of attraction from that movie, the secret came into play. He says, um, what we become or we become what we think about. So he says, we become what we think about, which to an extent is true, right? But you have to take the action to, to do that. So. It's really a a multi-step process. You can't just like think and grow rich, like Napoleon Hill says. You have to think, take action and grow rich and continue to do that over and over again. So like, it's not just about thinking and, you know, and just like, it's not just about like visualizing and affirming things because without taking the proper action and doing the proper tasks over time, consistently every single day, you're writing down your goals, rewriting down your goals, re-reviewing your goals and working to, and thinking of the smaller, like the small chunks to achieve those goals. All right. It's kind of like top level. Think of like a pyramid, right? Top level would be your, your purpose. Actually the other way around upside down pyramid, like look, think of a pyramid at the bottom. You have a purpose, which is the larger over overarching thing, right? Above that is your goals, Okay, so in other words, you're to achieve your purpose, you have to have goals, and those goals need to be smart goals, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, timely, and uh, I think there's a smarter version of that. Like they call them smarter goals. So Google that. Forget what the ER represents, but the point is that you need to make sure that they're organized goals and they have they meet this criteria, smart goals, right? And then above goals, you're gonna have. You could either call them objectives, but I like to call them actions. So they're really just actions. So from your purpose, you have goals, and those goals are smaller chunked out into smaller sets, which is which is actions or tasks, right? That's what they are. Object, they could be objectives, they could be tasks, they could be actions, same thing. So the point is this, like you can't just think about what you want to happen. You, you do have to think about it, but you also have to take action towards uh, meeting those goals as well. Because that to me is what, what I found is, is where success comes from, because I know if I want to, you know, achieve a goal that I need to, you know, I need to have the task ready for me, the small tasks and, and plan those tasks out so that I can achieve that. So, um, here's another way to think about it from the book. He says this, it's kind of like an action plan he put together. And I think it's really cool. So I'm going to share that with you now. Okay. So he says, number one, you need to think, right? You need to, you will become what you think about. So that's the first step. It's, you can't just think and grow rich. You have to think first and then take action. So think is number one. Number two is imagine. Remember the word imagination and let your mind begin to soar. So when you're thinking, make sure you're imagining also like visual, what he's saying here is like visualize, like visualize and let your, you know, kind of like let your imagination be creative about it, what you, what you actually want. Then number three is courage. Okay, So the point is to be courageous enough to concentrate on your goals every single day. So personally, what I do is I write them down, I rewrite them, and I review them every single day, every morning as part of my miracle morning. Um, Figure out what works for you. The point is to make sure you're looking at them daily so that you remind yourself. Because if you don't remind yourself daily, for me personally, what happens is if I don't remind myself my goals, then I, I honestly forget about them and then then external circumstances happen to me rather than me being proactive. I become reactive. So don't be, don't be reactive to life, right? Be proactive at life. Number four, save. So this is interesting. I talked about this in um, some previous finance episodes, and uh, this is also based on like a ton of self-development books. One of them being the richest man in Babylon. Amazing book. Um, Number four is save. So he says save 10. And I think, um, What was the other one? P.T. Barnum's um, How to Make Money or something. I forget what P.T. Barnum's book was. The Art of Money. I forget. Anyway, so they all basically say the same thing, like pay yourself first and save 10% of what you earn, starting with 10%. Okay, so whatever you're making every month or every week or every paycheck, take 10% of that, put it away, build your financial muscles, right? We talked about that previously. So he says, number four, save 10% of what you earn. And last, number five, action. Ideas are worthless unless we act on them. Completely agree with that. That's what I was referring to earlier. If you don't, if you just think, you won't grow rich. You need to think, imagine, be courageous, save your money, and then take action to to fulfill that. Okay. So I wanted to share that with you guys. I hope you found that useful. Um, I really love this little book. It, again, make sure you pick this up. I don't, get paid for these endorsements. I just know that these books have really shaped, you know, who I am today and, and really helps me. So, um, again, it's called the strangest secret by Earl Nightingale. And it's a little tiny, tiny little book, like so small, 42 pages, just like completely filled with awesome material. And, um, if you, if you're on the fence about like reading, so I don't, I know I've, I've heard, got some messages from people about reading and stuff. And stuff and and um i think the problem is nowadays we're so inundated with um i'll say like notifications and pings and messages that we're like almost like overstimulated right we're all like we're all overstimulated by all the messages and you know notifications on social media and this and that and like we because we're always like that that's like become the new norm for us right because the phone is always with us it's always next to us it's always around us so what i would encourage you to do as like kind of like a little quick tip here what i would encourage you to do is put your phone away for just start with t- just start with 10 minutes or 15 minutes okay put your phone away today for 15 minutes and just pick up and pick up any book it doesn't have to be anything special just pick up any book Go to the bookstore, buy a book, not a digital copy, buy a physical copy because by holding it, it's, it's, I think it's by having a tangible book, you appreciate it more. Um, and maybe that's just me being an old guy, but <laughs> you appreciate having a physical book. I appreciate having a physical book more because I know that it has valuable information for me to like go through the pages, annotate notes and just do, do stuff to help me digest and um, comprehend the content. So by going through, make sure you do that. Just take 10-15 minutes of the day. Grab a small book, and you don't have to read a lot. Just like you know, flip through the flip through the table of contents, and check. And it doesn't have to be in order, right? Like people think like I have to read the book from start to finish. You don't have to do that. Um, Pick up the book, sit for sit for 10-15 minutes, and just read a couple pages. Once you start doing that consistently, you'll start to build your um, reading muscles, right? And then you'll realize like, okay. I put my phone down for 15 minutes and I'm still alive. <laughs> right. So I had the, um, I've had the like pleasure and the um, I'll say privilege of growing up in a time before phones and social media and notifications and always being stimulated, st- uh, stimu- uh, what's the word? stimulated, stimulated and also after. So I've seen, I'll say it like pre stimulation and post stimulation And so what I know for a fact is my life is better when I have control of my technology and my technology doesn't control me. So if you know that you're being like a slave to your phone, then you need to take time out of your day, maybe once a day or once a week, however you want to do it, to put it aside and do something that's a little analog for once, right? And, um... This is coming from an IT guy, guys. I'm an I. I'm, I've worked in technology for ten plus years, and um, I personally advocate for people to sometimes do a little bit of minimalism and get away from technology sometimes. So do that, right? Make sure that you're doing that once in a while because we don't we, we shouldn't be living in a world where we're uh, where we're overstimulated, um, because we need that time as human beings to really think for ourselves and not, not allow a phone with notifications to think for us. Okay. So thank you guys for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have an awesome day. Take care. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Rich Life, the key to living your best life. Remember to subscribe, leave a review, and I answer all my direct messages on Instagram at Rich, and at beachpropertyguy. Take care.